Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing crickets at the grade level. Boys! Get a few today, did you? To be honest with you, I um, hate grade cricket. <laughs> uh, I went into to play for a team called... Um, the men escaped me. Obviously, sharing's always a big issue, a big issue for, for young kids coming into a senior cricket team. Taking like a with please. Um, a bit of advice. Yeah. One. I refer to the great cricketer here and I'll say, this will do a little bit early. <laughs> oh, New Zealand got out of Pakistan real quick, didn't they? Plenty going on this week. In fact, there might be more going on than ever before. Zanab Abbas is on the show to talk about Pakistan and New Zealand, that series that didn't happen, and will they ever play cricket ever again? The Australian women and the Indian women are going to start a series on Tuesday. The IPL has resumed. Vrat Kohli is going to step down as T20 captain, as is that big alpha, Ravi Shastri. Michael Holding also retires from commentary, and Lasith Malinga is no more. In that he's still alive, but he's just not going to play cricket anymore. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler. You can use the code CHAMP for free custom design at budgiesmuggler.com. Hashtag RCDC this week gets into a poem. Oh, yeah. It starts with a poem. And Pez enjoyed it. And I'll speak for him. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry sits across from me. And I him. Pez, hello. Hello. Now, a lot of things this week actually have been sent multiple times, but this mm. one more so than ever, perhaps. Uh, I'm not sure if you've caught this. I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr. Prime Minister. Oof, that is cold-blooded right away. That's Joe Biden, who uh, did have a dog called Champ in the White House before Champ passed away, I think, um, calling Scott Morrison, well, just actually forgetting his name, and then calling him pal. Mr. Prime Minister, that fella from down under. Yeah. Or did he? Or did he forget? I mean, Joe can uh, be sleepy. Sleepy Joe? Be, he can be sleepy. Sleepy Joe, Joe Biden? But uh, it's the, just, the, just the way he delivered that. Mm. The intonation, the cadence, you mm. know. I mean, I'd say we're experts at these things. Mm. At, a, at a champing or uh, yeah. the family thereof. Yeah. You remember Boris's name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, pal. I mean, that is a it's, – it's as a – it's the American version of champ. It has to be, doesn't it? But calling someone pal is quite genial in Australia. But in the UK, pal, very passive-aggressive. Not always. Well, in the UK, I don't, well, no, one uses, no one really says champ in the UK. They say yeah. pal a lot. Pal can be passive-aggressive in the mm. UK. Certainly experienced a couple of pals in my time. Yeah. In the US, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure what the uh, cultural significance of pal is. Well, he'd, there'd be a lot of comms advisors feeding into that kind of event. Uh-huh. Like, that cultural Bi- tug and war. Well, Tugger. 
<laughs> Joe, Joe Biden's, you know, heading into the White House wherever he's delivering his uh, piece. Right. And it is a piece. Uh, hell of a piece. <laughs> as, a piece as, on as far it. as I can tell. Uh. <laughs> and he'd be getting a brief there. Yeah, yeah, talking to this guy, talking to this guy. Yeah, and there'd yeah, be yeah. a lot of um, stuff from the State Department on the cultural lexicon around champing, powling, yeah, yeah, yeah. etc. Sure. I, I think the US president knows exactly what he's doing right. when he pals him like that. Don't call him champ because mm-hmm. that's obvious. Mm-hmm. And also that's the name of your dead dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you Don't bring out the bad memories. Maybe they said champ, call him champ, and he scratched he that out and said, to. no, that's the name of my now deceased yeah. dog, Yeah, champ. He's dead now. Stop but, saying that, but, Mr. President. But, but pal, pal yeah. is a good substitute. They, they, you know, they say, yeah. uh, you know, like Lincoln's speech, four score and seven years ago. If that went for the State Department now, that would be that would be crossed out. Yeah, trim be, it be, down exactly. Thirty seconds, make it a TikTok video. Exactly. Got to keep that shit tight, Abraham. Champ. <laughs> Championship. <laughs> Championship. Yeah. So I oh, was a thanks for sending that to us. Hey, um, hell of ev- a start, everyone. Hell of a start. Um. Well, it's also getting to some American areas recently on TJC because on last week's episode of uh, Hashtag RCDC Fridays on Patreon, yeah. patreon.com forward slash great cricketer, uh, we dissect George Bush's 9-11 pitch, which was, uh, no, it wasn't like pitching 9-11, like he wasn't sort of uh, pitching oh, well, the idea some, some, well, well, was he? Who are you talking to? Um, who you talking to? He, he threw out the first pitch at the <laughs> Yankees game. Uh, after 9-11, and uh, we dissected that bad boy and tell you, there was a lot of alpha power plays going on there. That pitch went fucking straight down the middle. Yeah, that was a good pitch. I really enjoyed talking about that. That was good fun. Yeah. And then someone uh, subsequent to that showed a Steve Smith's pitch at uh, what? an MLB game. I haven't yeah. seen this. Or is it a, was it women's baseball? But, yeah, they invited him. He was in America. You know when he went and had a beer by himself in New York? That's the reason the he sandpaper. went there. Yeah. Still, had some, still getting papped. Yeah. He... he he um, threw the first he pitch. He threw the first pitch and he fucking rifled it. Did and he? It, went, it went through the, um, I was going to say the bird's glove. It went through. <laughs> but then I remember I'm on air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it went through the, the female catcher's glove. Right. He, Just th- he, uh, no mercy. Well, you can imagine now Steve Fuck, Smith. Fuck, I need to watch that. There's, no, there's, there's only one way Steve Smith to be throwing that. Yeah. Just yeah. to get some anger. He would, he, I don't think he'd know how to throw it. He's know? getting some sandpaper anger out. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen this before. Yeah. It goes through the glove. Jesus like, Christ. Like, like, you could have put a th- hole through the glove. I don't know. I didn't look very closely. Sure. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. <laughs> if that's the kind of gear you want. Now, pairs on the much more serious uh, things. The New Zealand call off the New Zealand. Um, the world champions, in fact. Uh, they call off their ODI tour of Pakistan uh, due to, and I quote, a specific and credible threat. If I may, uh, New Zealand chief, uh, New Zealand cricket chief executive David White said, what I can say is that we were advised this was a specific incredible threat against the team. We had several conversations with New Zealand government officials before making the, de- the decision, and it was after informing the PCB of our position that we understand a telephone discussion was conducted between the respective Prime Ministers. Unfortunately, given the advice we'd received, there was no way we could have stayed in the country. Uh, and obviously Pakistan are not happy about this. In fact, PCB Chairman Ramiz Raja said, walking out of the tour by taking a unilateral approach on a security threat is very frustrating, especially when it is not shared. Which world is New Zealand living in? New Zealand will hear us at ICC. I think that was just a tweet that he did, but still, that's, uh, that's the PCB Chairman speaking. Um, so, yeah, this was... Um, I suppose in lots of ways, because this came hot on the heels of what happened at Old Trafford in terms of India 
uh, leaving the UK on on the back of COVID scares. This is a very different situation, but um, but on the same time, it all it all just feels the state of international cricket. I suppose is that no one plays anymore. Yeah, cricket feels very tenuous at the moment, generally, and I think over the last two years, there's a pretty reasonable. Um, umbrella excuse for all of that which is COVID this one actually isn't that at all this yeah. one harks back to yeah. um, you know issues that have been ongoing for a really long time yeah uh, and yeah so I, I, you know it seems fair to say that the PCB I mean the, the quote here this is from Osman Samudin's piece in Crick Info he's a great read on Pakistan cricket especially but many other things as well uh, that, you know that they're in shock and disbelief mm-hmm. uh, they're not happy uh you know, big, especially because it, you know it, it might that cancellation might set a precedent for the future as well. Yeah, you know, Pakistan taking a long time to get back to hosting cricket in their own country. Yeah, what sort of impact is this going to have on England's tour, which is coming up soon? Yeah, men's and women's three weeks, I think. Yeah, and uh, Australia's going in there in February, and yeah, you noted what Ramis Raja said, and it, it, you know, this is these are um, they're complex issues, I think. You know, but particularly for. Um, Two blokes sitting in Melbourne. You know, there there are things mm. where you can you can bring in particular views about what uh, the security levels might be according to our standards or what we think is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But then you get people who've been over there saying never felt safer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I mean we sort of preceded this conversation off air, realizing that. Um, there's yeah. probably a lot of cultural illiteracy from us, course, political yeah, yeah. illiteracy from us. So we're really lucky to get uh, Zenab Abbas on, who um, you know covers Pakistan cricket with aplomb and has done for a number of years. And she's been kind enough to uh, join us. So um, here she is. It's such a great pleasure to have Zenab uh, Abbas with us. Uh, we met briefly in 2017. We we're just talking about this off air. Um, I remember it. She doesn't at all. Um, but I, I promise it happened. Uh, I think I had about 33 Twitter followers at the time, and, and um, Zenab had three million. Um, so she's definitely the alpha here. But um, more importantly, Zenab's hugely successful sports presenter, uh, working everywhere around the world. Done the hundred recently. Done stuff with Sky. Obviously huge in Pakistan as well and um she's been kind enough to give this guy who claims to have met her a few years ago some time um to shed some important light on the new zealand pakistan situation so zena welcome to the great cricketer podcast thank you so much thank you for your lovely introduction as well i'm really looking forward to being here um zena there'll be a few very basic views about this situation in places like New Zealand, Australia and the UK, you know, and that that if there's a security threat against a team that's gone to Pakistan, that therefore New Zealand was right, you know, to pull out. Uh, And um, I guess what I want to know first up is how appropriate is that view in your view, and and how was the news received in Pakistan, um, and and what's the view on the decision New Zealand have taken uh, at home where you are? I think Sam, there is uh, generally, you know, people are very uh, dejected and disappointed with the way things have uh, gone. Of course, uh, remember this is years of hard work that Pakistan has sort of put in to get teams back uh, to touring Pakistan. And I don't know if you're you're aware, but in the last uh, five years, they have managed to host South Africa. And that is for a full-fledged test series, as well as some T20s. Then we've also had Sri Lanka, Zimbabwe, um, West Indies. 
I mean, there have been, and of course, the PSL. I can't miss the PSL because you have a lot of international players who've been playing in Pakistan, and many of them are from, uh, you know, England, New Zealand, Australia, and you know they've had great experiences. We had Alex Hales last year. Uh, we've had uh, Shane Watson. I mean, it's just it, it's been it's been a it's been a sort of a process that's taken a while to get cricket back to where it was, and that's largely thankfully because things have stabilized within the country um and uh, not to forget uh, the foolproof uh, security arrangements that pakistan has had so just a little bit of background on where things were standing at that particular time um as far as this particular series is concerned uh, well new zealand was very happy with the security arrangements they've got a security consultant um uh, with uh, you know he's reg dickerson is his name and I'm, he's quite you know popular in the in the world in terms of providing that kind of consultancy where uh, wherever there are any security related matters so um and everything was clear everything was good to go i think new zealand was happy with the arrangements as well um again you know these discussions are not uh, have not been the kind who've just taken place they've been taking place for uh, a very long period of time so the board has really put in that effort uh, to get these teams to agree to to be here and 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 sort of see that they've managed to successfully host um every every other team without any incident or any any uh, kind of uh, breach of uh, security happening so i think uh, it was the perfect platform in that sense to be hosting a team like new zealand remember they were touring after 18 years so i feel that is why people are extremely disappointed because it was a very much a last minute thing where they received a, a threat um and um after that uh, i i think what people are disappointed by is the fact that it was a rather unilateral decision um it just happened so quickly i mean i just reached the ground i was ready to do my uh studio show and uh, we just heard that everything is off so that's how quickly things happened um uh, but they were there for 6 days or 4 days if i'm not mistaken they were practicing they were given presidential state uh, level of security and they were giving statements that they feel very safe um the stance of the board and i guess just generally the public here is that if there was something if there was a threat then that is something that needs to be shared with our intelligence services uh, services as well the, the reason is because you know uh, civilians could be uh, civilians within pakistan their lives are equally important and you know if there was something happening then everybody deserves to know so i think just the nature of 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 the way things have gone and in terms of like the misinformation that's been circulating around that's the disappointing part uh there's always room for dialogue um in cricket i feel like especially when you have sent out your team there that means you trust the security system um so i think that's the, the part which is disappointing that there was literally no dialogue and within 24 hours they just wrapped up and left we got a, a a bit of a like a timeline of the events of the mornings that i know i know you're just saying that it sort of happened so quickly and you were on your way to the grounds and then by the time you get there it's like oh we're not even going to have a toss or whatever you know um but i mean was like when did the pcb first learn that that something wasn't quite right with with new zealand side well it was just the night before uh, so from what i hear uh, you know there's obviously a time difference as well so uh, all these discussions were happening uh, the night before um and 
what we heard was that the board said that they have the New Zealand Cricket Board and their chief David White. Um, you know, he said that they've been advised by their government um, to sort of pull out. Um, I think Pakistan stepped in and wanted to take it to a government level where the two prime ministers spoke as well. So Imran Khan and Jacinda Ardern, uh, that that was the hold off. They they were waiting because Imran Khan had gone. Uh, for some other, he wasn't within the country. He'd gone. He was touring some other country, and mm. he had to make that conversation from that country. So that that was the slight delay. Otherwise, they were ready to uh, pull out that very minute, which is why we were not aware. Like mm. I said, we mm. we were, uh, you know, I I got ready as I normally do. You just ended up there and and found out literally five minutes before we went. We were going on air mm. that um, it's been it's been called off. So. Um, that is the the timeline that you're looking at it's literally within within 24 hours there was nothing there was nothing there before like i said up until i would say 36 hours before they were practicing at the ground so if there was a threat they wouldn't have left if there was something at that point they wouldn't have left the hotel mm-hmm. uh, but they did uh, so 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 yeah i think everybody was like i said everybody was shocked and um uh, like i said there's there's um it it just kind of sets a, a bad precedent. That's that's what uh, everyone everyone thing happened yet we're at the receiving end. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it. Uh, I can hear your frustrations in it as as um, we talk about it. Uh, I, I had all these other questions lined up about how the the Pakistan players might feel about this at the moment. But I, I want to just ask another one. I just note when you were talking at the start, you were sort of asked, you were, you were wondering about the timing of New Zealand pulling out and then also that, that notion of them doing it unilaterally without sharing the information um, with, with Pakistan, uh, which might have been helpful if there were civilians who could be um, under threat, for example. It just sounds to me, and I suppose I'm trying to glean some of the the feel online as much as that's worth, whatever that's worth, that, you know, there is some disappointment about the way it might have been handled from New Zealand's side. I mean, do do you, can you give some some idea to that? You know, should New Zealand have shared that information? Is that the protocol or is there an understanding for why New Zealand's done what they've done? I'm just trying to get an understanding over here. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, when uh, when a team is touring, um, there's a, there are certain protocols that you follow to get the team to be here. Uh, you know, there are security clearances. Um, there are lots of other protocols that you follow. And, and only after all of that is cleared is when the team is given the green signal uh, to, to tour. Um, so I feel like there should be some protocols of leaving as well. You know, it, it, mm. it shouldn't be uh, done in, in, in a haste um, way the way we saw it was done over here. So the board stances, at least the PCB stances, that they didn't expect that kind of intelligence information to be shared with them, but it could have been shared at a government level with the government because that is that is what they were claiming, that they received something at a government level um, and uh, something that we were not aware of or our uh, services here were not aware of. So I think it's just they were asking for a little bit of more transparency uh, so that, you know, we can help mitigate uh, those uh, those events or those circumstances. I mean, I, I can tell you that uh, Reg Dickerson, uh, the security consultant, has gone on record to say a few times that the security in Pakistan is 
one of the best in the world, which is why you've been able to have cricket in the last five years without any uh, incident or any anything else of that sort. So, um, you know, you're talking about, like, we know how we get to the ground. You know, there's always, like, nine security checkpoints. Uh, you There's an extensive amount of uh, research and preparation that goes behind every tour. Um, so I think the general perspective from our side is that, you know, uh, of course, lives matter. Everybody understands that. There's nothing more important than that. But transparency and a bit more information sharing was the least that 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 uh, Pakistan deserved. Because let's not forget, you know, when you talk about diplomacy between boards, Pakistan has been one of the countries that has stood by different uh, different boards in various different times. I mean, I can give you an example. You know, you look at New Zealand, right? You look at New Zealand. Remember what happened with them with all the Christchurch attacks? I mean, it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. Uh, Bangladesh was touring uh, New Zealand at that time. The players were there at that time. Pakistan still went after that and toured New Zealand, uh, despite everything that happened. Pakistan traveled to New Zealand in the middle of a pandemic and stayed in quarantine for 14. So I'm just giving these examples to say that leverage should be given at some point when you see that team is trying to help uh, that a country is trying to help another country out. So I think that's where the disappointment is. It's it's more about the way it was done. You know, you could always reach a solution where, you know, you could say, okay, we could cut down the tour. Um, you know, they were coming for three one days and five T20s. Uh, there are so many solutions that you can reach. It was just the way it was done, which was, I think, really, really disappointing. And also not realizing what kind of precedent it sets for other teams. To follow, you know, Pakistan had a very a packed schedule as well. Looking ahead, so mm. yeah, yeah. I was going to ask on that. I mean, after the after India pulled out of that fifth Test match at Old Trafford, there was all this talk around. You know, the ECB had lost like forty million pounds or whatever, or thirty million pounds or whatever that number was. And I wonder if that's if the money is less of the issue in the first instance, like whatever whatever the PCB have lost it from this one series. The fear is actually it will compound because. England men and women are supposed to be there in three weeks time. Australia is supposed to go there in February. All of these compounding elements is, is that the main fear now that this is going to lead to another, you know, 10 years in the wilderness for, for Pakistan cricket? Absolutely. I think more than the financial loss, of course, that's something which is there. Mm. Um, like I said, it, it, you know, it has a dominoes uh, effect, so to speak, because, um, you know, New Zealand, like I said, where they were touring after 18 years. So this was an important tour for Pakistan and, you know, it's, uh, it's image and, and everything that they've been trying to work at, uh, work, work at for the last, uh, you know, five or six years. Um, so, and, and the other thing is, the intelligence, whatever I'm reading, the intelligence that shared that threat with New Zealand, it's the same intelligence which is used by cricket as cricket well, Australia as a country and um, England as well. So let's say if uh, we're still waiting to hear on the England news, but if, if they do pull out, then, um, you know, you can, I, I think Australia will follow suit as well. And, and Australia was supposed to come for a full-fledged tour. It was not even a, a small tour. They were coming for like two test matches, uh, a couple of, you know, white ball games as well. So it was a full-fledged tour that they were looking at. And, and these discussions have been going on with our CEO, Vaseem Khan, for the past, you know, one and a half year or so. So where does it, it's one decision, but where does it leave uh, a Pakistan cricket? You know, people feel... Um, 
people people feel uh, really frustrated at, at the fact that so much hard work has been put into putting pakistan into, into the position it it is in where they are able to host countries and because of a certain threat uh this is this is where it, this is where things are at so i think that 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 has been the part which which has let down a lot of people you just mentioned that you know where does it leave pakistan cricket i know it's only been a few days since this actually happened do you have any sense about what the plan is from you know ramiz raja and and the pcb to i presume you know reinstall confidence in those who are due to pack to a pakistan soon but also just the the cricket world beyond do, do you know what they're going to try and do i think um, the thing is that uh, they in this meantime uh, i know that they were trying to contact other cricket boards uh, to come and, and play in pakistan because the other problem with with not having any cricket is that pakistan goes into the world t20 world cup without any preparation because they were supposed to play 7t20s before the world cup with new zealand uh, 5t20s with new zealand and against new zealand and two against england um and before this we had a series against west indies in west indies where three matches out of four were rained off uh, so they pakistan has literally had no practice whatsoever going into the world cup which makes them extremely strong contenders by the way because that is how pakistan rolls <laughs> without any, you just yeah, never know you know <laughs> yeah so the perfect circumstances for pakistan going into a world cup um but but yeah so 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 that that is also an element there i think the way the board is approaching is a i know for a fact that there's a lot of back end effort being taken place to sort of sort of get some other teams in if that's not possible because it could be a big probability you know getting somebody to come last minute with all the logistical issues and so many other things uh that might not happen we have a local tournament happening uh which is our national t20 cup it's like the national nat natwest t20 blast in england or you know just a t20 so they're going to get all their players involved with that and try and uh you know play competitive cricket um but i know that their stance on playing an, on a neutral venue is very strong because you see once that happens then mm. there are so many other countries that could just turn around and be like actually so and so played in the uae why can't we play there as well it sets you back by 5 years mm. so i think uh, that suggestion of playing in the i mean i was reading michael vaughn's tweet i think he said that you know england play, could play in uae i i know for a fact that as of now pakistan is very firm on that so if that means you know waiting it out or or, or whatever that means it, it basically it means that they're not going to agree to play at a neutral ground so mm. it really is about um, you know focus on trying different things and then seeing how things unfold I know he was probably a colleague at some points and a bit Vaughn always seems to be very helpful on these kind of matters um particularly when it comes to diplomacy between countries. Um Senator Babas, it's a huge pleasure to have had you on. We really appreciate your time and uh you know it we're, we're sort of awed to be talking to a superstar such as you. Thanks so much for um giving us that information that uh there's no way two idiots from Melbourne in Australia could glean uh for all, all the way from Lahore. So you're always welcome on the show anytime. Uh hopefully we catch you next time. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you very much to Zenaba Bass there for her time. Um Now Pezin, another more interesting matters for us. 
yeah. for a comedy show. Now we're talking. Well, Imran Khan's grade cricket. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, Matthew Hayden and Vernon Philander are now coaches of Pakistan, head of the T20 World Cup. If I can read you more quotes from Rami's Raja, Please. my favourite source this week. Uh, he said, Matthew Hayden is Australian. <laughs> and has experience of winning World Cups and was a great player himself. It might be very beneficial to have an Australian occupying the dressing room. And Pakistan, of course, can win the World Cup. They just need to improve their performances an extra 10%. Vernon Philander, I know very well, and he understands bowling and has a great record against Australia. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah, at the end of the day, these I mean, so so Hayden and Philander, they're not the coaches of Pakistan. They're, they're coming not in the as coaches. consultants, batting and bowling respectively. Right. And you can only put this down to this being quite clearly two presence based selections. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we, we see this with coaches. It's not it's not a new thing, but it does seem to still be kicking around, you know. Mm. Sharks Callis. I think he's coached a team in his life. Put an England kid on him, you beauty. Feel good. Oh, Look at the presence. So good. You know, will the runs sort of rub off. Mm. Well, they rub off people like this. You mm. see the forearms, you see the tan, mm. Ricky Ponting, yeah. hairs. I mean, he yeah. does have some communication and yeah. educational skill, yeah. it would seem. And some coaching cred in the bank. Ex- yeah. Exactly. You know, can these guys talk or communicate or educate? Maybe. I don't know. Who cares? Look mm. at the stats on it. Mm. Yeah. Also, look at the shoulders on Matthew Hayden. You tell me that I ain't getting you a semi Raja just saying, look give what me he, a semi. Look what he's achieved. Look at him in the dressing room. Maybe with that, you know, some of that all sort of mm. rub off yeah. on off, us by osmosis. Maybe Hayden, you know, will get the guitar out with the Pakistan boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Mm. Come here, Shaheen, Baba, mm-hmm. Fakar Zaman, mm-hmm. you know, Fawad, Akubaron. He's, he's, he's a little uh, tuned by a man by the name of Johnny Williamson, yeah. you know. A true blue. There he is, Shaheen Shah Afridi, mm-hmm. playing a bit of true blue. You know they're going to re- they're going to reappropriate you? True Green for that Pakistan. Yeah, I don't think Hayden had let that. You know, anyway, we, Hayden will be tr- you know teaching Pakistan True Blue culture. Whilst and that'll just, be whilst also saying just see ball hit ball, <laughs> just walk at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a ball walk at him. It is. I can imagine if I was a coach trying to reach like the top echelons of the game yeah. for national teams. And I'd be like, really happy for Hayden. I'd be stoked that like guys would give me give an opportunity, you know, guys, who, guys who could do it themselves. Mm. Hey, how many fucking tests did you play? Mm. That's I, what you can walk in there and say, you know, Hey, Dos, they, they said, Rami said, Hey, Dos, hey, Dos, Dos. Well, first they interviewed a whole bunch of other guys as well. They would have done. They would have done and that said, due diligence. Go, ask the same questions. Dos, give us, mm-hmm. Your vision, give us your philosophy. Yeah, give us your methodology. That's right for coaching. Mm-hmm. And he just went fucking crickinfo.com, Search yeah. Matthew Hayden. <laughs> also, yeah. let me play True Blue. Yeah, nicknames DOS. Use me fucking cookbook. See that recipe? Success. Yeah, yeah. runs. Ten mm-hmm. k of them. Bitch. Reach of runs. Ten <laughs> k, bitch. <laughs> he, he talks like a streetman from Harlem. Give me now. the fucking job. I'll get used to a semi. Where's me fucking dinner? <laughs> oh, wait, that's Tony Carroll. <laughs> and Vernon Philander, well, well he, you know, did w- he did uh, well against Hayden, Australia. Hayden is Australian, yeah. so that'll rub off. So and they've won World Cups. We need a bowling coach. Well, we'll get someone who did well against Australia. Yeah. 
Quite simple. Hey, get this guy who used to be good. Mm. Any coaching? Don't worry about that. And Crickinfo.com, bitch. And yet... Who are you talking to? And yet, I don't know. <laughs> despite this, uh, you know, sardonic um, analysis of Pakistan's coaching recruitment, mm-hmm. I'm going to fast forward you a month's time. Pakistan v Australia T20 World Cup. Yeah. Who you got your money on? <laughs> Pakistan. Me too. <laughs> Uh, we get the best coaches. Uh, that's right. That's right. Hey, good luck to him. Good luck. Good luck to him. Werner Flanders never really been the same after Josh Butler rocked him behind the stumps, you know? Remember that time when they were playing a test match there? Time yeah. to get the fuck out of the way. Oh, yeah. Scariest man in world cricket, yeah, Josh Butler, Josh, well, with, the, with the you, kindest eyes. You don't want to get on the wrong side of Josh's oh. uh, t- t- tirades. That's right. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> I'll give you the tip. Thank you for that. Just the tip. Australia women v India women pairs. Uh, now, that's a series that starts on Tuesday. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. That starts on Tuesday. They've got um, – it's a points-based system, as they all should be, in my opinion. Yeah, multi-format. Multi-format, seven games, three ODIs, three hey. T20s, one day-night test match. That, as you know, is going to be played at Metricon Stadium, the yeah. home yeah. of test cricket yeah. on the Gold Coast. Um, they played a warm-up match, these two teams, on – Saturday in yep. Brisbane, and like both of these teams have been in quarantine. Obviously, the Indians had come over from, um, actually, coincidentally, India, um, and the Australians had had, uh, but all of them had to do quarantine. So they they've been out of quarantine for about fifteen minutes, and they played this game. Um, and Australia won that very important match, nine for two seventy eight, beating India seven for two. This wasn't part of the series. They played against each other. They played against a, each other as a friendly. They're both warming up yeah. to play against each, each other. other. Yeah, yeah. That's what. Not, yeah. <laughs> I guess who else are you going to play? I guess who fucking rules are out the window with all cricket at the moment. Yeah, it is a bit like that. They were wearing training kit Australia, weren't they? And India yeah. were wearing like proper yeah. kit. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good if one team was wearing whites and the other team was wearing like yes. T20s? Yes, I would have tuned in. I don't even know if this team was televised, as none of the Australian games are anymore. Um, Haynes, Lanning, Mooney, 50s. This this series will every ball it's gonna will be, be good. on TV. And every this series ball. is going to be good as well. Yeah. Because these, these two teams have got a bit of history. Poonam Yadda have got three for in that white game as well. They can't play Poonam. They, so, they can't play a googly. That's part of the um, – that's part of the – that's part of the history of these two teams. Obviously, it sort of culminated in the 2019 World Cup final, which feels fucking forever ago because it was like the last thing that happened before COVID. 80 – 86, 86,000 people at the MCG for that final. Um, but then in the in the repertoire charge of the World Cup, remember Yadav, she took five or six for? Yeah, they couldn't, the they couldn't, couldn't play her, her Bozan quit. Yeah, what? Her Bozy. Oh, the Bozy, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're talking uh, Clark Grimmett stuff there. That's it. He was a good bowler. Well, according to Bradman, got him out 10 times. Enough of that. <laughs> Can't go into that fucking footage again. <laughs> How did that guy get Bradman out 10 times? Look him up. Yeah, look, look it up, up on YouTube. I've got to have a live show, which we don't do anymore. Um, <laughs> sorry, just one big continuous thought stream here. Uh, the first ODI pairs is in Mackay on Tuesday. Um, anything else you want to add? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. Any dangerous and fucking cricket in this country? Well, that's true. So it's, all on, on it's all on TV. Yeah. I watch anything. But, yeah. this, mate, this is going to be good. What can I say? Uh, Australia have a couple of players out. No Jess Johnson injury. No Megan Stewart. Time with wife following baby. Congrats and welcome, yes. baby Riley. Uh, Delissa Kimmis is retired. Taylor Vlamick, she bowls wheels. She's ruled out until the T20 series. Uh, so we've got Dr. Georgia Redmayne, friend of the show. Deb- well, she's in the squad. Hopefully debuts for Australia. Mm-hmm. Um and as with Stella Campbell, yeah, indeed, who's uncapped. She played in this game as well. Got three for right. Uh, 
I, I'm a big fan of multi-format series. I'm sorry to say, like, it feels like you're sort of saying I'm looking forward to watching Brazil, but it's good to see Pez back. It's good mm-hmm. to see Elise Perry. You, you're sort of meant to – it's more hipster to sort of – it's not so much ignore Perry, but sort of go into the um, – uh, the the lesser known players of the Aussie women's side, sure. but Pez is back. She hasn't played for a while. She's going to take a new pill. Mm. I'm just feeling real side mouth today yeah. about everything. Well, summer's around yeah. the corner. Yeah, I, I mean, it's literally 12 degrees in Melbourne. It's yeah. fucking pissing down outside. But <laughs> yeah. summer's yeah. here, baby. Both things can be true. Yeah, talk about Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and she's been out for a while, Pez. And I, I think champions kind of when they spend some time out, there's compensation wickets and runs in the offing. And I was thinking. I want to see it. I was thinking because she. She did the hamstring right in the World Cup, and then she didn't play in the final. Is yeah, that right? she a hamstring? did a shoulder as well, didn't she? I think it was a hamstring, though. I remember she yeah. pinged a hamstring at like yeah. at the junction level. Body's maybe. getting creaky. Mm. Um, well, that always was. <laughs> but like, isn't that isn't that like a theme in like every like major tournament and Mighty Ducks movies? <laughs> <laughs> Where well, like was a major tournament though. <laughs> that was, that was the, the biggest one. Changed jerseys half time. Um, yeah, is that legal? No. United did it. What? In Southampton. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway um, yeah. We're, like a, we're like the star player misses out, misses out on the thing. Yeah. Like, can the team still come together and, and, you know, complete the project kind of thing? And that's yes. what it felt like with Perry, uh, with Elise Perry in the last one. But, yeah, no, you're right. Couldn't see it back, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I guess on, on balance. Oh, yeah, so I think yeah, about it. in so the way of a couple of other players. Yeah, weighing things up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out of the way. That's it's like right. Ronaldo, you know? <laughs> hey, uh, Sharma for India as well. I think Sharma might be. Uh, you got to look up these kind of stats, you know. But she's like an absolute gun bat. I was going to say she's world number one bat at the moment. She might be, but I think that also might be wrong. She got forty nine in that warm up game, not out. But she is. Isn't she like nineteen? She's an absolute gun. She scored stacks of runs in England when they just played over there recently. Sharma Shafali Verma. Is that who you sorry, Shafali, sorry, Shafali Verma. Sorry, Verma. I don't think she's, she, she's she's extremely. Yeah, she's like seventeen or something, but a total yeah. gun. Sorry, what's that Sharma? I think Rohit Sharma, Verma. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, she'll be she'll be good to watch. Yeah, in India's got some. Um, they 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 want to square up with what happened in 2020. So, and I've just got here Perry is Brazil, Alan Brazil. Um, <laughs> there's uh, in other Australian news while we're here in the vicinity. There was an article that uh, Russell Jackson broke. Uh, was it yesterday? He actually wrote two articles over the weekend. I think it was actually about. Tom Wills, can you give some background about who Tom Wills is, apart from an AFL context? Tom Wills is a storied, um, sort of mythological but real, um, it's a real fi- figure in Australian sports lore and, and culture. So Tom Tom Wills is a, a storied Australian cricketer. He was a, the person who took the first Australian team from Australian shores to England to play cricket. That was an Aboriginal team in 1868, but he's yeah. also the inventor of Australian rules football as yes. well. Yes, and there's a statue... Of him outside the MCG. Yeah, that's right. Umpiring a match between uh, these private schools. I'm going to get so upset if I get this wrong, but I think it's Scotch versus Melbourne Grammar. Right, okay. Sounds posh. Um, anyway, it's been uh, revealed, I suppose, that uh, that Tom Wills participated in massacres of Indigenous people, um, which is quite alarming in the sense that uh, how celebrated Tom Wills is, uh, as Pez rightly points out there. Um, there's also more to that story about um, his father was murdered, and uh, it was what, what's word, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like uh, not retribution, or I suppose it's kind of that. He was avenging his father's death, right? I mean, th- th- so Russell wrote this piece, um, and he's done he's done a follow up one as well, where basically, you know, when you write pieces like this, you get a lot. You know, history can be 
subjective uh, and mm. he's got a lot of academics and historians saying this has the ring of truth because the whole thing is based on uh, upon a chance um, or chancing upon a piece yeah, like written in the Chicago Sh- Tribune Tr- yeah. where Tom Wills is quoted as essentially um, – admitting and describing his mm. killing of Aboriginal people. And um, some of the triggers for that were avenging his father's death on the cattle station of, uh, on the, on the station of Cullen Laringo in Queensland there. And there was, you know, went into detail about, um, you know, one of the Aboriginal men having stolen his Isengari jacket, you know, mm. Isengari is a, is, mm. a, is a team that you and I have played for, yeah. you know? Uh, so, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really important story, if if nothing else, because it shines a light on how much silence there is around you know frontier wars in Australia mm. uh, in the eighteen hundreds, late seventeen hundreds, all through the eighteen hundreds. Um, you know, three hundred odd massacres through the eighteen hundreds, mm. two hundred and eighty eight of them. You know, led by uh, colonials, and in Australia, you know, there's a pretty broad conspiracy of silence and denial and whitewashing that can happen with these things so shining a light on is very uncomfortable for a lot of people but uh, important to do um we can build myths off people like tom wills and national stories when there isn't truth out there he mm-hmm. had a tragic life afterwards as well you know and um uh you know people so often say that australia was settled and these, these things happen with settlers you know but mm. i've always found settler to be such you know one of the great euphemisms right right, right. um because you know that like di- dispossession through war was part of the colonial process and Australia will do well to start telling these stories learning more about these stories land was stolen people were murdered it's had an apocalyptic impact on first nations people um, it's a dark secret that permeates the psyche so Russell's done really well to um, shine a light on just you know one of these aspects and it's only one of many many that took place it was interesting that uh Cricket Australia statement, which I don't have in front of me, so I'll paraphrase mm. poorly. But let's see what happens. See what happens. Um, was that uh, part of the statement was that this to 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 the core, this is about um, you know facing up to who we are. Mm. And I thought that was an interesting term, and I, and I agree with that. And I wonder, I, I, I guess I hope that that's not just lip service because that's something that even in my own life in the last couple of years. Um, I've thought about a lot, especially in relation to indigenous peoples and my own family and mm. like, um, presence as being in this country in and of itself. So, you know, I, 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 I hope that's true that the more people do think about who we are and who we are being like, yes, the, the settler people, like we just come over here and just oh, settle in, settle in here boys. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's, that's settled. That's the greatest fallacy of all. So mm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess my point being, I just hope that um, but a lot of people do actually think about the origins of that because uh, there's a whole whitewashing of that history. Um, to move on to talk about uh, Tim Payne, who's had successful neck surgery uh, <laughs> via the throat, uh, which sounded remarkably graphic. Uh, and also Tony, Ob- Tony Armstrong says that he has a uh, bulging dick, which was mm. funny. Was it a bulging disc or bulging dick? Um, and sparked basically the the whole conversation around pain surgery was who's going to be captain next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I sort of, <laughs> a bit harsh. you know, yeah. yeah. Look, Tim, I think Tim Payne has done a good job as skipper, you know, and I think he's going to yeah. be. And he there's he's still got some stories to write with it. I'm sure he'll he'll go on for we as long as play he can. Anymore, but yeah, yeah, that's right. As in, you know, when you muck around with the Monopoly version of cricket and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of mucking around, um, <laughs> just mucking around a bit. 
<laughs> I wonder what I would have done in these games <laughs> yeah. if we were actually playing. Yeah, yeah. No, he's done, he's done a really that, good job. It's at the mat thing for yeah. test match cricket. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Cummins is bowling. Yeah. He's written pain on the back of one of them in like a little <laughs> Sharpie pen. The keeper. Yeah. Yeah, he's done, mm. a, he's done a really good job and I think he's still got more stories to write. But um, I sort of felt a little bit sorry for him because like, I think there would be a lot of other players where it's like, oh, you know, they're having neck surgery where they're going in through the front into the throat. Fuck. Uh, and he's got to come back from that. Mm. And we'll be like, oh, Jesus, you know, like, are they going to be right for the ashes? And oh, I think for us, yeah. like for most people in Australia, like, oh, yeah, is he back? Or yeah. we, <laughs> yeah. who'd come in? So Inglis yeah. or? Yeah. Got, yeah. I'd probably go Carey. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, Inglis. Right. Yeah, I guess Wade can do a job. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I agree. But I think Payne's done a, um, yeah. You know, I think the consensus would be across the board that Payne's done a great job, you know, since yeah. coming in from the position that he was in. And there's obviously the whole story that everyone knows about that he was going to take a jog up with Kookaburra and he was just mm. about out of the game. And then he ends up captaining Australia for probably the best part of four years. Um, but his legacy is interesting. We were just talking about this before. Like, um, and I'll tell you things you already know because you're part of that conversation. Um, but like his, his legacy is interesting, Payne. And it's even weird that I'm talking about his legacy because he just had throat surgery and it's like, will he play? He's like 100% sure he's going to play. But it's like, yeah, yeah what about his fine. legacy? But it's, it's funny because, you know, it's not his fault that Australia hasn't played in the last year um, unless he was the one who decided not to go to South Africa. Nah, boys, he's just not going. <laughs> um, but, like, he he has been part – he's been the captain of, you know, a couple of losing series. He had a great result in England, but sort of tied in with Langer's reign as well, isn't it, a little bit? It's a weird time where it just – it feels in between, like, the – the Michael Clark era where Australia won World Cups and we were number one again into the Smith era where Smith was like rising to dominance and then obviously sandpaper happened. And now it's like, it is like stopgappy a little bit. That might be harsh. It just feels a bit stopgappy between like that and whatever's next, which I personally hope is like the Pat Cummins era and like what, what that might be for Australian cricket. But so it's just this in-between time where like, well, haven't really done anything. We've just sort of like righted the ship a bit and we haven't, we don't play anymore. Mm. Uh, that's weird. Anyway, yeah. that, was, that was my main takeaway from Tim Payne's neck surgery. I hope his neck surgery goes. Uh, it's, I went apparently well. it's gone well yeah. and he'll be back. And there's no, I, I think there was, a, there was a bit of rabble rousing in press about whether he'd be right for the Ashes because, you know, it's surgery Something to talk on about. Gregory Peck, you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and CA was a bit like, he's, he's going to be fine. And he's made it really clear that he's going to be right yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially when the Ashes are cancelled. All good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I just mean right as in, you know, he can if there was a game, yeah. he would be in the team. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. we don't know whether that's going to happen. How's it going to be for the boat race, though, yeah. after, the, after the first test? Just quickly, he goes, uh, there was a CA statement late last week saying Earl Eddings had unanimous support for a second term as well. So okay. he's, the, he's the chairman of okay. Cricket Australia. Right. Um, he'd been seeking a second term for a while. I think he's going to end up getting like one term in one year or something, which is actually not abnormal. Really? One term in one year. Yeah. that's okay. that's. I was talking to Dan Brady, who was very helpful with me off air about that. And he was like, right. that's just pretty, pretty normal. But it's been... Like Eddings was actively opposed by New South Wales and Queensland. One thing about all this chat about Earl Eddings, he goes, and like we've talked about this off air as well. Can it's I also like, say I know fuck all about Earl Eddings? Yeah, but that this is what I was going to say. Like, okay. I, I think journos who've picked this up have, although it's is it's an important issue. Who is literally the most you know sure. powerful person in the, in the game? Right. Um, in Australia. In Australia, uh, like haven't really articulated the importance of the chair. How does that impact me? Yeah, that's why I don't know anything about him. What's in it for me? What does a chair do? Mm. But then when you think about club cricket or whatever, you do know your club president, you know, like, and you might not know exactly what they do day to day. Mm. 
uh, and how they make things run. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> also because if five grades but win that, they exactly. put money on the bar. But you, but you sort of you end up knowing after a while if your club president's any good. The club's going well. Everyone's sure, happy. Sure, sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, a bit of money behind the bar. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. a new player. How did he come to the club? Sorry. Yeah. I can come. <laughs> um, yeah. Gideon Hay wrote a good piece, though, last week, sort of saying he has had 13 years on the board. He's been there through the player MOU dispute, which didn't go well. Um, you know, he was there at Sandpaper. He was there for Kevin Roberts' ill-fated tenure. Gideon points out the comms team's been stripped bare, staff confidence and morale. He's like, I don't know, well, you know, how that really impacts me. But, uh, mm. you know, the Australia's barely played. The Ashes isn't assured. Our government relations is poor. And so there, there's pressure. There's pressure on on Eddings. And I think they've decided that he will have to – he will get his second term so long as he anoints a successor. Uh, and so that's going to happen. That process is going to happen in the next few months. I find the board stuff really interesting in cricket especially because I think in football, for instance, in like the Premier League or even actually like rugby and AFL clubs um, – People know and care more about the board because it seems to be more of a financial transaction between, I suppose in, in those instances, there's like transfers where you can like literally buy and sell players. Um, whereas, so I think there's interest in like who Eddie Maguire is running Collingwood Football mm. Club or who FSG is running Liverpool Football mm. Club or the Glazers or whatever, because it results into like, oh, I want my team to be able to afford to buy the players and to run properly so we're making money and everything's good. Whereas with the National Cricket Board, it seems a little bit more opaque in the sense of I don't really care what you do because as long as I can still turn off my one day of the test a year at whatever ground of the city I live in, then all good. And like we'll just we'll just breed some more players. It's a breeding program now, like horses. <laughs> how's the breeding program going? Have we hey, got good players? Pekovsky's coming through. <laughs> yeah. He's a good stallion. Yeah. Pattinson. Pattinson yeah. and Hoff. Yeah. Pick him up at market there. <laughs> Pick him up at market there. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like the interest in like boards, like I would, I would guess that that of the Australian uh, audience that listen to this, ninety percent wouldn't give a fuck about who Earl Eddings is or the chairman or the board or anything. Yeah. It doesn't, because it doesn't impact them. But to your point, it doesn't impact them. That's why journalism is really important though, because I think a lot of people in power would like it just like that. You don't know who they are. You don't think that they matter, so that they you know can go and and do what they want. I mm. mean, really, the board, the board is. Really important in cricket Australia. They set the vision. No, of course, thing. of course. I don't know. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it seems more and more like executives in sport are really they're just selling the TV show. You know, what what can we get for the TV rights? We're good to go. Absolutely. This is the TV show. Here's my yeah. main characters. Yeah. Picked up a couple stallions at market. Yeah. And here's what you. I want you to pay for the show. Yeah. There's something. There's something pure. There's something. There's a purity about sport, and that you you can see, you can tangibly see who is good and who's bad with like a board. Like I don't know. Who's good yeah. on a board? Imagine like, if you could live stream board meetings. <sighs> no, <we're> thank talking. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Little ticket down the bottom. <laughs> Tweets coming through. You know, they used to have the worm in political debates. Sure. That sort of shit. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I get the sense, though, that like the smartest people in business and operations in general aren't drawn to like – no. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not running like professional sports organisations. They're making – um, they're fracking the earth, basically. Yeah, you'd be into fracking, wouldn't you? But if I'm like kind of like more jocular, I'm like, yeah, I'm drawn to a sports team. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I just get the sense that like the smartest people in the room aren't running like sports organisations. I'm not just talking about cricket, I'm talking about like any sports organisation. Just attracts a certain type of person. <laughs> you say all sports administrators are usually not that very bright. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're not smart idiots from the internet. Anyway, we'll see if we can get Earl on. <laughs> He's busy. The IPL has resumed, Pez. Uh, that started last night. Uh, obviously, you can catch the audio for that on Patreon, and so it's obviously on YouTube. Free. Uh, but it resumed on Sunday evening. There's uh, there's 31 games in 27 days. Lots of double headers to try and get it all in before the World Cup starts in a month or so. Um, the Australian involvement. There's 13 Aussies there, Pez. We've got Warner, Smith, Stornis, Dwarshus, Maxwell, Christian, Tim, David, uh, Lynn, Coulton-Isle, Hoff, Hazelwood, uh, Moses, Nathan Ellis, and Ben Cutting. Those are the 13 Australians there. Uh, anything... I mean, Hazelwood played last night, and like, it's it's uh, first of all jarring to see Hazelwood in that kind of yellow. I'm not sure what I was expecting. I'm not sure what I was expecting visually from that, but it just didn't quite feel right. I but mean, I he guess, normally wears yellow. Yeah, Australia. well, it it's more greeny gold. This Canary. was this this is yellow, right? Yeah, A throwback yellow, Got isn't it. it from CSK from Chennai? That's the big takeaway. That's my big takeaway. Re- resumption from of the IPL. no, no. Hazelwood looks weird in yellow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the people come here for. That's it. I was just, um, I was just, I suppose I was thinking as well about how a lot of these players did not go to the West Indies or Bangladesh, and they were priming themselves specifically for this, uh, the IPL, which is going to be the same place as where they're playing the World Cup. Um, and I actually think that's good. I think it's good that those thirteen players are there. I mean, not all of them are in the World Cup squad, but I think it's good that those players are playing in the IPL a month before the World Cup starts. Yeah. Even though they're ruining international cricket. Yeah, are they? Isn't this isn't this literally just the future? Like I think we've just seen the future. What do you reckon the interest is from Australians from the IPL still? Even <laughs> though there's like even though there's impact of like now these guys aren't playing for Australia, they're like, they're literally missing tours. The interest from Australians in this, in the second phase of the Vivo IPL 2021 yeah. out yeah. of the UAE. Let's say 100%, okay, let's give me a percentage. If 100% of, let's say 100% of the population are watching the first ball, the Gabba, for the Ashes. That's 100%. What's this? Like 0. 0.3. 0. 0.3, yeah, less than one. Mate, Ollie Wines has just won the Brownlow. Yeah. Right? Last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. You can stick your champagne up your ass. Yep. That's what we're talking about here in Australia, or at least half the country or whatever, maybe okay. 60%. And then who we got next week? Melbourne versus Penrith. We've got Manly versus South. A couple of grand finals. I'm walking around West Footscray. Fucking red, blue and white streamers everywhere for the dogs. Mm-hmm. Sons of the West. Mm-hmm. Red, white and blue. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll come out snarling. Bulldogs through and through. The D is going to break their duck. Yep. That's what's going on in Australia. <laughs> the fucking CSK versus MI. What? Yeah, but Tim no. David's in. in Tim David's a big be. boy. He's good. He should be in the Aussie squad. He's not. Should he? Oh, apparently. I don't know if I've ever seen him play before. Yeah, but I'll, He's I playing s- the big bash. He's playing the 100. He's doing yeah. good things. Pick uh, up yeah. the RCB. Uh, it's a big ball. It's a big, big clean ball. Big clean ball. Man, the IPL's a big boy party. I'll tell you what. We watch it, all right? And a lot of people will criticize. Oh, you're going for the India dollar, are you? Watch it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're allowed to play a trade. Everyone yeah. still gets the same amount that they yeah. used to get. Yeah. Right? We watch the IPL. Sorry, it's good. The cricket's good. It's actually the... We're not sponsored by... We don't have any Indian sponsors for this show. And yet, the IPL is good. We watched a bloke last night. Yeah. Gaikwad, yeah. right? Yeah. Ryudu Gaikwad, just so, so you know, I know his first name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Boomer has bowled a Yorker, last ball of the innings, mm-hmm. from extra fucking cover as he normally does. This bloke, who's resurrected in the innings from 24 for 5, mm-hmm. effectively, mm-hmm. has one knee fucking broomed him yep. behind square for six. You'd, like Honestly, to be if 
if that shot was hit in the BBL, it would be the shot of the season. Seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah. Con- considering who it was. No, mate. I completely agree. I just – I remember um, – So you asked me what you know about the IPL. No, it's no, really no. good, but no one gives a fuck. Yeah, mate. That, that's, that's exactly the point. In that's Australia. exactly the point. In Australia, yeah. I feel like the – and also that the times the games are on. But, like, because they're playing double headers and it's in the UAE, so, so games are slightly better. So, like, the the first games in the double headers start at 8 p.m. Australian time, which is, like, fucking perfect, right? But I, so I think it, there's more interest in the UK as well because the times are better yes, in the UK as there well. Is. So there it's, is it's definitely interest. a timing thing. But it's interesting. I remember asking Chris Green when he, when was he on the show two years ago. Yeah, I was asking about he's played in the PSL. I think he he got picked up in the um, in the IPL as well. He didn't play. He came on subfield a couple of times. I forget who he's playing for. Maybe Calcutta. Anyway, um, and I was remember asking him just like, oh, what's the What's the standard like across? Because he's played in the Caribbean Premier League, he's played in the BBL, and then he was like, "Oh, BBL, yeah, it's like it's okay." And I, I remember thinking like, "Oh, BBL is good." Uh, the IPL is five times better. Yeah. Than the. But than can the, I can I put the big bash you? league? You know, we were talking about reasons. The big why, bash league. Oh, it's the big bash. It's the biggest of bash. Yeah. Well, they do big bash. It's a b- First question: What do they do? It's like movie plots explained poorly. Yeah, like what's his comp? Big bash. It's the big. It's a big bash. Does that just show how fucking dumb we are? Yeah, you got to dumb it down. But I was going to ask you: Big bash. (laughs) Give me some chicken. Fried chicken in a bucket. In a big bash. Put it in a bucket. Big big bash. And then I'll put the bucket on my head. I finish the chicken and put a bucket on my head. <laughs> and then I watch it. Dumb the audience uh, is, yeah. <laughs> you finish that, put on your fucking head. Watch some big bash. Fucking hell, we're so dummy. Mate, I was going to ask you. <laughs> 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 um, oh, fuck. Um, <sighs> reasons why Aussies don't get into the IPL. Yeah. Like, okay, timing thing, yes. Yeah. Right. The, the name's not good enough. But, like, I want to put it to you. You just said before, you know, Hazelwood looks a bit weird in yellow. Yeah. Do you think there's a, there's a part of Australia, mm-hmm. uh, delicate stepping around this, mm-hmm. let's say it was on at 8 p.m. or whatever, do you honestly think Aussies would be like, oh, mate, you know, like we like to talk about ourselves, mate, I'll bet on two cockroaches going up a wall. I'll watch any sport. <laughs> um, <I'm talking laughs> yeah. It's 1940 and the accent hasn't <laughs> yeah, quite yeah, developed yeah. yet. But uh, To win the war. Do, do you think, uh, like... There's still a little bit of this the Aussie that just doesn't quite trust it. No, I don't like the name. I don't know the names of the sponsors on the shirt. Absolutely, and, you know, yes. like Aussie, like literally, here's all the best players in the world. They're just playing for teams whose names you don't really recognise. It seems yes. a bit, it seems a bit foreign for me. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, that's true. Because, like, for instance, when you watch cricket in England as an Australian, like I know where Lords is, I know where London is, I yeah. know where Manchester is. I get like a geographical mm. understanding through the names, like because I've just. I guess I've had more exposure to the West. Whereas India, it's like, I don't know where Chennai is. I'm mm. about Mumbai, the relationship mm. of the country is North itself. North India, South India. Exactly. And then all the history, I know like broadly, right. like there's some stuff going on there, but like, I don't, I don't have the full history of it. So like, therefore it's all, it's just foreign mm. and scary. So I don't like know about it. And I'm now just being like, Australian every man, and now. you know what? With India, because it's so powerful, that we haven't had it marketed to us as well. Like, like as Australians, you yeah, know, who believe that we're the exceptional cricket nation. Yeah, like, yeah. If you guys don't, even well, Ramis Raja thinks you know, we are. Yeah, that's a good point. Matthew Aden's Australian, and Werner Vlander did well against Australia. <laughs> so we got him. what? <laughs> yeah, like, do you think? Sorry, no. They, do you think that like? Because we don't have it marketed to us either, you know, like the, like India doesn't yeah. come begging, going, please yeah. watch our IPL. They're like, we're getting yeah. on with it, and when it's yeah, yeah. fucking players do, yeah. 
And the player's like, yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah. Really good. It's And we're just like, fucking IPL. And, and like, you know, if we go and do an IPL shit, guys doing fucking IPL. Fucks is. Mate, that's true. That's true. Fucks is. Fucks is, mate. We could. Okay. There, <laughs> there could be 100th of the people who would support the IPL and it still be the biggest competition in the world. Mm. It's, a, it's incredible. But the point being about the IPL and We don't about, validate it because we don't watch it. There's Aussies. It's just, it's just fucking really good. It's, the, it's literally the best players in the world in the most interesting format. Uh, I mean, Test Cricket's always going to be the best for me, but, like, but beyond that, I mean, it's, fuck, it's way better than like watching unilateral ODI mm. series. And that's why we're, pr- we're proud to announce our new sponsor, Vivo. <laughs> nah. Nah, just kidding, Vivo. Just from a... I wish. Disclaimer sort of stuff. Um, all right, other things, Pez. Vrat yeah. um, Kohli is stepping oh, yeah. down as captain of India T20. And Ravi Shastri, which is something that I learned literally five seconds before coming into air, is also stepping down. Yeah. Let's deal with Kohli quickly before getting into the real news, Shastri. Hey, he's a good player. Now, Coley, you stepping down as T20 captain, also stepping down as RCB captain. Now, that won't mean anything to Australian audience for reasons we just outlined. Uh, but big news in India because Coley is king. Coley is a god. Uh, looking at it from the outside, as in not being Indian, I'm like, yeah, fair enough. You know, the bloke is the best bat and the captain in all three formats of Indian cricket, like Brazil's shit. It's got to take its toll. RCB, that's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot going on there. Takes a, drops out from T20 cricket. Okay. All good. Well, he's still, still playing. Still going to bat. I yeah. liked that he also noted that he's stepping down from RCB captaincy as well. He also said in that statement that uh, I will only play for RCB until my retirement. So he's, he obviously gets to choose himself. He's That's just right. decided, yeah, yeah. I will continue to yeah. play, mm. looking down the barrel of the camera. And um, who's going to captain RCB? Kyle Jamison. Uh, Ray Linwell. Um. <laughs> Brian Tabor. <laughs> um, Ravi Shastri stepping down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, he did, a, he did a really a great interview with The Guardian last mm-hmm. week. Um, who did it with him? Duncan, Duncan, Duncan. Oh, God. Duncan He's, Ferguson, the Everton striker? That's right. And not Duncan Castles. <laughs> uh, what's his name? He's the one who did the Cameron Bancroft. Um, oh, yeah, the fight, the fight guy. Yeah. What's well, he knocking about again? He's doing yeah. some more cricket stuff. Got it. Oh, I can't believe I can't find. Here we go. D- Donald McRae, Duncan. I'm an idiot. Well, Duncan to his mates. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Love to have a beer with him. Donald McRae. Uh, has done this interview with him. It was am- It's amazing. Can I just um Please. go through the, some of the best parts of it? I encourage anyone to read Dun- Donald McRae's interview. Yeah, with him. yeah. <laughs> I really want to say Duncan. <laughs> um, Dunk on him. That's it. So Shastri said, "I have I have absolutely no regrets about the book launch." Fucking alpha. People are saying that is you know, fucking so yeah. alpha. He said, "I'm paraphrasing. I had a bit of a sore throat. Didn't even take paracetamol <laughs> during the time he had COVID." He said, "He said I told you know I told the boys once you double jab, it's like a ten day flu. That's it." Fucking hell. Um, he's happy that he put the book launch on. He said, "Yeah, it was great to meet some different people. Boys needed to meet some different people." Fucking you beauty. Sell um, some books in the same And process. he goes, I, re- I reckon I got it in Leeds. You know, walking up and down the steps of the Oval. There's 5,000 people doing that. Could have gone anywhere. Okay. Um, <laughs> what else does he say? He's just talking. He's just sort of reducing his role as Indian coaches. Just saying, listen, in India, they just want you to win and score runs. You know, yeah. finally, mm. someone's calling out cricket for what it is. Yeah. Same here as well. Yeah. 
We can talk about whatever we like. Any mm. coach, any person in the game. If you win and score runs, mm-hmm. everything else is fine. Mate, imagine if you played in the cricket team now, like, guys, just go out there, take your catches and have a good time. I'd be getting the fuck out of there. I want to fucking score runs and mm. win games of cricket. Exactly. And he says, in relation to him stepping down after the T20 World Cup, he said, one of my number one rules is to never overstay your welcome. Now, that's a very interesting and foreign concept in Australian cricket. Yeah, I don't get that. Give, yeah. Couple of guys kicking around Australian cricket, <laughs> not subscribing to that view. Yeah. Some we've just spoken about. You stay until you're pushed. Now this is he wants, isn't this is the quote. Oh, you want to say something about no, that? No, isn't isn't the rule as with politics in India that like once you turn sixty, you, you have to step aside. Yeah, I don't know. So and he's like fifty nine and three hundred days, or some shit. Ah, uh, he's saying never have a stay. Welcome. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then this is the one that I like the most. Of course he is. He's, he wants fewer bilaterals, right? He's mm-hmm. talking about the future cricket and shit. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's the IPL. It's like, franchise, it's like franchise, franchise cricket's fine. Players are fine with franchise cricket, but bilateral cricket, you know, this is just one day as between teams, right? Yeah, yeah. They, and, can, they can get in the bin. Well, this is what he says. What is the point? This is Ravi Shastri, yep. right? Nope. Done everything in the game. 80-odd yep. tests. Yep. Won everything. India, best test team last yep. 10 years or whatever. World big or whatever. Yeah, big penis, famously. <laughs> he says... What is the point of bilateral? In my seven years with this Indian team, I don't remember one white ball game. (laughs) (laughs) If you win a World Cup final, you will remember it, and that's the only thing left for me as a coach, which is why he wants to do World T20. Okay. Otherwise, you bloody cleaned up everything across the globe. He's talking about himself. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't remember a single white ball game. Test matches, I remember every ball. Everything. But the volume is too much. We beat Australia 3 0 in the T20 series. We beat New Zealand 5 0 in New Zealand. Who cares? <laughs> beating Australia in two test series in Australia, winning tests in England. I remember that. Mate, I'm, How I'm, good. Mate, I'm it, sick it, for an alpha. Oh, we won. We won 5 0 or 3 0. Yeah. I don't remember a fucking thing. Yeah. I know we won. <laughs> I remember every ball of the test. Hey, he's calling it out for what it is. I, I don't agree. remember a fucking single one day cricket game. From about 1998 onwards. Mate, I 99. Agree. I agree. But the problem is, is that 50 over World Cups are awesome. So the World Cups are awesome. Because they have because they have meaning. A bilateral Which has no meaning. every two years, like, it, like football like, wants like, to. Like Wenger was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure well, about We already that. do that with T20s, don't we? Well, there's fucking two in 12 months, isn't it? Yeah. Less than 12 months, even. Uh, schedule's good. We're sponsored by the ICC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was. I thought it was good. And you know, I think it's interesting that India, who you would say of any other country, is at the top of world cricket broadly speaking. Um, they're happy to regenerate their leadership when they're on top. So, Kohli, Shastri, and they're moving it on, mate. They don't have to wait for it to be a fucking car crash before they move it. I think this this fits into like what we're talking about with the IPL for for the audience who doesn't care about the IPL, like whether it be in England or Australia, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we want. It doesn't like we being like Australia, New Zealand, fucking probably Pakistan, Bangladesh, West Indies, South Africa, England. It doesn't matter. What, what matters is whatever India want to do. And then that's, what's going to happen. Like that's just, that's, that's fundamentally the thing about it. And that's what kind of COVID has revealed about, or maybe, maybe even a little bit, although it does feel different than New Zealand, Pakistan thing, but it's what COVID has revealed. It's like, what is the most important thing? What's truly the most important thing? The most important thing is essentially people getting paid because sport is a business. Sport is a TV show. It's entertainment. It's not the sport itself. It's a, it's a television program. 
And so fundamentally, whatever makes more money out of that, that's the thing it's going to do. And if any want to bin one day is, then that's what's going to happen. It's almost like out of our hands. Thoughts? <laughs> hey, Michael Holding retired. Yeah, Michael Holding retired. Speaking of someone who was against T20 cricket. Yeah. He called the IPL not real cricket. Bit harsh, I think. Ah, holding, though. What do you say for me? I reckon dignity. about holding, what a fucking king, first of all. Friend of the mm, show. Sounds like there's a butt coming. However. The commentary corpse isn't even dead. I mean, he's not. He wouldn't, oh, wait, be, I mean, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be in your top 10 commentators, would he? Cold. Uh, no, he, and he, not, no, not he, that he needs to be. Of I'm all just time, saying, I'm just saying, like, yeah, he would be. He's in your top ten commentators. If of all I time. was inventing, yeah, if I was inventing, if I was creating, a, you know, and I like to do this. Oh, you're so, playing God now, and, are you? A uh, music festival of commentators. <laughs> I'm not going to, to that. I like to do it in my in my in COVID. It's like Glastonbury. Yeah, I go to my study, yeah. put on one little dim light where yeah. I sit under. Right. It's N- about ten thirty p.m. Everyone else is asleep. NASA's on the main stage. That's right. Is he? Got my pad out, my pen. Yeah. Music festival of cricket commentators. A couple of stages. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd have holding as part of that. Yeah. But that's because you want holding to, you just want to have a conversation. That's different. And don't tell me why I want him there. Yeah, that's fair, actually. I did ask for your list. It's like someone saying, oh, what's your favourite movie? Then you say it, then you're like, oh, what that? So he's retired from commentary. You're like, nah, he's all right. He's all right. I'm just saying, like, I, w- I would miss him more as a, um, well, I miss him more. I would have missed him more as a player. Dad. As a dad. Then I will. Him calling the game. Whereas someone like maybe in my lifetime, like more iconic, like a Tony Gregg, a Bill Laurie, a Richie Benno. I'm, I would miss them more on the airwaves than I will Michael Holding. That's all I'm saying. I like Holding. I thought there was a good level I'm of I'm not saying he's cricket. bad. Oh, you no, know, you've, you've, you've said good he riddance. fucking sucks. Yeah, get rid. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the yeah. show. Don't really rate you. <laughs> yeah, I'll flog your book for you. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> flog your book for you. <laughs> Yeah, go on then, you're flogging some books, are you? I've got some very... In- Whispering death. <laughs> no, here's some really deep and important insights about racism. Yeah, I'll flog your fucking book for you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either- is there a code or something? Champ at checkout? What uh, is it? I feel like Holding is quite a good, like, you know, grade cricketer in terms of... Uh, a commentator. He very much side-mouthed a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's true. Very kind I, of pithy okay. with the way One he says stuff. One thing I super enjoy with him is talking, like him getting like a longer conversation, like at, at, like lunch breaks and things where he mm. can like really like go off the long run, pardon the pun. Mm. But in terms of like ball by ball to ball, I'm just saying like he wouldn't be in my top 10. That's what when, I'm saying. When you created your notes for this section of Michael Holding Retires, did you envisage just making it really clear you thought he was a <laughs> mediocre commentator or you've just sort of walked into this corner and uh, now defending it hard? Defend it hard. Yeah. At all costs. Right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I've, I've fucking, got it right here in front of me. Well, fucking link in the bio there, Mickey. <laughs> Flogging the books, eh? I, I, I like to say that he's a man of great dignity. He, I think he's an archetypal, soft, strong man that we should all be looking, uh, sort of, we, we should all look up to. Like, you know, he's a guy that loves and cares for other people. He stands up to power. He doesn't give a fuck, even about things like, the IPL mm-hmm. or or Indian cricket. Mm-hmm. He fights for the oppressed. And, you know, that would then trigger people to say, oh, you're a snowflake for being like that. He's like, no, I'm Michael Holding. I'm fearsome West Indian fast bowler from the 1970s whose nickname is literally Whispering Death. I think he's a legend. And I loved that he, there was no song and dance about the way he signed off. You know, there are, everybody leaves jobs and stuff differently. He He would have had good reason to... 
make a big hoo-ha about him departing, but he's quite consistent in the sense that, like, he occupies a space in cricket. He as a, as one of the all-time great bowlers. I believe he's, he's, he's one of the all-time commentators. Uh, but he knows that, like, life is bigger than that. He doesn't make a big it's – not, it's not all about him, you know. Uh, I think he's quite a actualised special person and the comments you made about him. <laughs> well, you fucking made me look real bad there, haven't you? <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, he's the most wonderful human being. Ah, for me, so-so. So-so. Uh, our interview with him is probably my highlight of, of – I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. But now I need to defend the corner. I've gone down a path. And let's fucking defend it with my life. Ah, so, so you've done so. it well. Ah, so, yeah, so. Go hard. Double look, down. Look forward to those comments. That's right. Um, Lassith <laughs> Malinga also retired, but, you know, Agabal Yorker. For me, not in my top 10 Sri Lankan oh, I just think it'd be hard to pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, For me, I, he was middling. Uh, hard to pick him up. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Oh, fuck facing that. Yeah, no. The bouncer more so than the Yorker for me, because okay. it comes from the umpire's hat. You can't see shit. Yeah, you don't want to see that. You don't want. Yeah, well, a bouncer can also do more damage yeah. to your head. Can yeah. kill you. That's true. All right, Pez. Before we get into hashtag AskTGC, um, we need to thank our dear friends Budgie Smuggler. That's budgiesmuggler.com. You can use the code Champ at checkout and see the magic happen there. Merino wool socks. Finally. That's your thing. Finally. You can get them at budgiesmuggler.com. Socks. What do you say? He goes. <laughs> Mate, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I was on um, I was on ESPN Crick Info. Not this morning. Right. Um, and like the advertisements on the side there were for clothing. Right. But you know the other day, was it on Patreon or was it on this? We were talking about people – no, it was on Patreon. We are talking about – Cricket socks. No, we are talking about uh, people who, who like, wear clothing with their name on it. Like, yeah. you know, like, family shirts, yeah, that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah. And get, like, it used to be a promoted on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook would generate your own name. Right. It's a Perry thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. fucking – that's a dark comment. <laughs> to give you the tip. Brothers looked into the family history. There's some stuff we need to sort out there. I ain't, I ain't walking around with that T-shirt. <laughs> Anyway, so there's that, um, but like on this this clothing company was uh, is selling Hawaiian shirts, and there was like they're all just like like loud Hawaiian shirts, like silly stuff. And then one had writing on it, and it and it was like a picture of a pig, and then the pig was also bacon on a plate. But then the the wording on it was, "I rub my meat before I stick it in." <sighs> what That's the it. fuck is that? Yeah, who's 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 doing that? I don't know. You well, not budgie smuggler. It just made me. It just made me think about. <laughs> made me think about custom shit. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Budgiesmuggler.com. But budgiesmuggler has 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 been our greatest friend in terms of getting the great cricketer up up and running. And they are they are a truly great Australian company, and will continue to be. Uh, and this, I mean, look, people know that we're just massive fans. Budgiesmuggler.com. This time it's socks. If it's not socks for you, it could be smugglers. It could how, be smugglets. How'd you go with uh, with socks with like your with your suit when you used to wear a suit to work? When you were a suit, I, I got socks that were like uh, you know appropriately matched. Yeah, and you know sometimes I'd get a little thrill putting them on because when you wear a suit, suit you know after a while becomes quite drab. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, but for a, a white middle class, um, you know, scared little boy. 
such as me. Well, middle class, are you? I'm not up middle class for you, or? <laughs> oh, fuck off. Have you s- <laughs> Love listening to a couple of boys fight about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, putting socks on was uh, a little bit of opportunity for a bit of fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, oh, so, oh, so, oh, the sock. Oh, uh, oh, the the sock. Uh, yeah, sock might have uh, <laughs> a splash of colour or yeah. you know, a little, little design. Oh. Like, yeah, put that on. Feel a little shiver go down my body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're looking really, <laughs> really pushing their. Um, Pushing the boundaries today, Pezza. Pushing that old envelope. Level 39 corporate affairs. <laughs> wonder if anyone will see it when I cross my legs over, even though it hurts my groin. Yeah. Oh my, now my back hurts. That's right. I, it's, a, it's the same feeling how I imagine, like, you know, women in the 50s must have felt when they were showing a bit of ankle. Yeah? Yeah. What was that like? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to do some research about that online. I think Budgie was talking about actually having Steve O'Keefe promote these socks. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Sock. He's a good friend of Buddy Smuggers as well. It was a really good, um, really good day at a pub with Budgie Smuggler and Steve O'Keefe in London in 2017. A few months after he took Twelfer, but uh, less said about that, <laughs> the better. Fucking <laughs> wonderful company, and that's BudgieSmuggler.com. And Manscaped. Yeah, some uh, exciting news across from our friends at Manscaped. Finally, some exciting news. They've just launched their fourth generation performance package. That's good. Hey, listen. All right, look, anyone who listens to the show knows what we do with Manscaped. Lawnmower 4.0. A yep. couple of extra things. The main thing is, is there's a fucking shaver in there for your balls, your testicles, and above. Now, I, I, I escaped. I escaped. When? This week. Uh, yeah. And it's been a little while. Yeah. Um, so I said that last week, yeah. Yeah. Felt good. It did, and you know what? What? Normally when I escape and I do it in the shower, I do it when I feel like I've got a little bit of time. I've got two boys. It's not often the case that you can have a shower where you can just sort of ease into it. There's always something else to do next. I've got to get them changed or breakfast or or dinner or or something. I'm just telling the truth. It's how how life is, rightly or wrongly. (laughs) Oh, mate, that's wrong. And so... I'm not, you know, in those scenarios, we've got to have a quick shower. I'm not really going to bring out the shaver and start doing whatever I need to do, yeah. right? Yeah. But I didn't have a lot of time this time. And I was like, no, it's got to be done. Yeah. I okay. wasn't in terrible shape. Sure. Like sta- sure, you know, sure, hair sure. Wise. Yeah, yeah. And it did the job, mate. I got it all done. Yeah. And this, this is when I was having a quick shower. Yeah. So I don't think we've added this before. It's time efficient too. Absolutely. This thing. I got out. Dry myself off and everything. It was a good shave. No more, no less. Mate, I remember back in the day, it was like a... It wasn't an ordeal, but it was a it was an event when you need to like trim your balls in the past in the shower. Yeah. It was like you need to like bring preparation, Fucking oath. whatever. It was a whole thing. But that, what you're saying, your experience was it can just be bang, 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 bang. I'm not saying it's on par with like I've got to you know shampoo my bald head, which you do have to do. Do you? Oh yeah, you got to you got to you for your scalp. Yeah, you can't leave that unclean. Yeah, sure. You cannot do that. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, mate, you cannot do that. Absolutely can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's, you know, it's I'm like just like washing my body, but mm-hmm. you can get it done fairly quickly, you know. You, d- you obviously want to take a bit of care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, mate, I was, thinking, I was thinking about this today. I think it's actually the perfect product for us to promote on this show. And I wonder, like, if people haven't got it yet, if people haven't got it yet, I think there's just a bit of trepidation there and you just got to take the plunge. You just got to take that leap because yeah. it'll honestly – Revolutionize your experience of grooming. If you have, if, if you've been thinking about it, like they fuck these boys bang on about their fuck fucking they manscaped, bang on. fucking bang yes, on. Yes, they do. 
and apologies. But uh, we want that it, it's money. a good, it's a good, it's just a good product that does the job, and everyone knows that job needs to be done. No more, no less. Who's that calling? Oh, I can't answer that call now. Uh, you get some other shit. You get a weed whacker. Do your own research on that. Uh, yeah, 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system, if you're asking. There's a crop preserver, ball deodorant, ball toner. You get all that in the uh, in the lawnmower 4.0. 20% off plus free 20% shipping. 20% off. 20% off that product plus, plus free, free shipping. shipping using the code TGC at manscaped.com. Just, you know, fuck. Hashtag AskTGC Pairs. Now, one more plug for Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. If you want hashtag AskTGC Fridays every single week, there's 58 episodes of that bad boy. Episode 59. Do you know when that's coming out, Pez? Friday. Friday. Every Friday. 59 episodes these, of these fuckers. Uh, and last weekend, really enjoyed it, talking about George Bush's 9-11 pitch. It was fun. Now, this one, Pez, also comes in from Patreon. And John Nolan, who's, uh, who's written in before, he wrote a poem. And he's done it again. Do you want to read this? Oh, can I? Yeah, oh, please, yeah. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Oh, you don't know what I've just held over you now. Hi, boys. I have another poem for you. The last one went down better than I thought it would, and so I really don't know what to expect with this one. Could be a flop. You decide. What was his last poem? <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, it, was sim- very- it was similar to this. Yeah, right. It didn't mean anything. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, okay. You ready? Hang on. Let me just get this all on one page because I'm... Okay. Do, you me, do you want me to, in the meantime, find his old one? Uh, no, no. Let, it's, let, let, it's, it's, it's on go. Patreon. It's on Patreon. It, it, you'll sort of get the gist of the old one once you listen to this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this, is John, this is John Nolan. Thanks, John, for this. All right. Here's the, here's the poem. Dad's back. He's been interstate. He's awfully late. Dad's back, pouring his rum, ignoring my mum. Sundown, keen for a net, I begin to fret. Sundown, he never asks as he fills his flask. Bye, mum. A really firm hug and a shirt sleeve tug. Bye, Mum. She gives me a kiss as Dad's tire hiss. I'll bat. Dad loves a stick. Gloves big and thick. I'll bat. Straighten for four. I walk back, fetching my ball. That's it. Bear in the gutter. I know. I'll bowl a cutter. (laughs) That's it. I lift my head. What's that? Bright, fast and red. Mum's car. Rounding the bend. I love you, Ben. Mum's car, full of her stuff. Next ball will be tough. (laughs) Mum's left. Who's catching that? Dad, cause you're fat. Mum's left. Try pitching it here. Overtaken with fear. Lost balls over the fence. Heart feeling dense. Lost balls. My turn to bat. Big balls removing his hat. 25 steps, he starts on his mark. Sure, getting dark. Dad, when's she coming back? Never, son, not with that rack. Metal stumps, boy, do they ring. Metal stumps, dad says they sing. Targeted bumps, hit me and bruise. Leather thumps, custody, mum's to lose. (laughs) Finally, together in court, 50-50 dad fought. 75 brackets 80 Mum's not out A 50 run route Baked beans at dad's Nets with man cats Son meets Cheryl Last month was Beryl 
Powell's dad. He's gross and unfit. His flame's dimly lit. <laughs> How's dad? He made me net in the rain. Mum, please stay with Kane. Wrenching. Hey, the first That's first time I read this, I was like, "Ah, oh, fucking hell, John, where's this going?" And then I got, I got to the custody thing. I was like, "Holy shit, this is amped up." I mean, not much to do with that, but I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it, John. It's a genius, John. He must be a poet, really. There's a there's or too much time in his hands. Just the um the pain of you know, how's dad? His flames dimly, dimly lit. lit. Wow. Holy shit. No one yeah. hit her close to home. Yeah. Metal stumps. Boy, do they ring. <laughs> Finally together in court. 50-50, Dad. Fought. 75 brackets 80. <laughs> A 50-run route. <laughs> oh, uh, thanks. Well done. Thanks, well done, John. John. Uh, one more, Pez. Yeah. Joe Callender writes in. Boys! What, in your opinions, is the correlation with sunscreen, zinc, sunburn, and alphadom. I only ask because last season I changed over from cream to tanning oil with great success. Oh, wow. Fuck. A bit of reef oil there, Joe. Nice. Are you – is that something you've ever done when it Mate, comes to cricket? I am cricket? way too white. Way too white to do anything other than protect my skin down here for fucking dear life. You get a, you get a sunny – I'm the same as you. Like as you an, a, I reckon I got to about 29 before I was like, hmm. Probably just start looking after my skin a bit more. Really? Yeah, because I was fucking dumb before then. Right. Uh, just no. Sorry, that, that's that's too basic. I was no, just, you can just be really like no, uh, just na- naive. It was just yeah. naive. Like just, and I've had like really bad sunburns in the past because I'm not naturally brown. I do mm. tan, but like, um, way less so down here where yeah. the sun is horrendous, uh, and way too aggressive. So, but yeah, I'd never, I'd never put on tanning oil. I never did that. I fucking. I never, That's I was a bit never, grim in and of itself as well, isn't it? Oh, here's an opportunity to tan myself up in the field. <laughs> what about when people used to roll their sleeves up and like filling mid off? Made me feel very um, amateur, non elite. When you got guys like rolling their sleeves up, so they're like their short sleeve, yeah, to, short to expose a little bit more bicep. Yeah, yep, but only do that for tanning purposes. Just like you, that that person is desperate to not be playing cricket anymore because now it's getting in the way of their image being. Nice and nice and evenly tanned. Oh, if somebody did that, that was the end of your... Like, that was one sign that your cricket career was over. Yeah. If you're sharing a field with somebody doing that, like, oh, cool. But there was lots of other instances which made me feel non-elite. Like, anytime you had to, like, move the screens. Yep. Professionals don't have to do that. Yep. Shit teas in shit dressing rooms at shit grounds. Organising drinks. Could someone get drinks? Yep. Even... Even... If you had, if your team had to score, if your team didn't have a scorer, yep. made me feel non-elite. Totally. So yep. I didn't like any of that. And yeah, I guess on the field stuff. We well, got somebody on the screen. Was always great to be the one calling that out, though. Yeah, I was seeing that before. I was never the person to actually go and do it. I was like, oh, they need, they need blokes on the screen. Oh, really? I could have possibly been doing that. I wasn't okay. a team player like that. Mm. Doing covers anytime we do covers, non-elite. Never did that. Never seen a professional player. Maybe Nathan Lyon, I suppose. Yes. But as we. Or Dean Jones running helmets out to the ground staff at the Gabba that time mm. when it was hailing. That was alpha. I, I um, 
Yeah, I don't think there's any correlation between tanning oil and being alpha in when it comes to cricket. Like when I think of mm. um, like great, you know, great players or whatever, I think are usually pretty good when it comes to sunscreen. Like, I mean, okay, possibly a bad example, but like Michael Clark always seemed to be quite sun safe. I was about to say this because he started wearing long sleeves when he was batting because he had skin cancers removed. Right. Yeah. I remember seeing guys, but for fun, like inst- they would – Instead of using what you would use for sunscreen on your face, they would use zinc for the whole thing, and they'll be like Casper. Yeah, you know, and you put it all over your face, you realize how yellow your teeth were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I reckon until because I I knew I knew a guy. Um, well, he's still alive, but I went to school with a guy who got skin cancer at a young age. Isn't that grim? But it's also serious, especially down here in Australia, where um, skin cancer is, um, I should say, very popular. Um, common. Rife. Rife, common. Um, and especially if you spend a lot of time out in the sun, as most cricketers do. Um, but, uh, yeah, until you, like, you, you see it or you know someone who's had, um, you know, uh, a, an issue directly related to that, it's um, it's scary. Like when you yeah. get the first, like, hit of, like, oh, then this can actually happen to people. Like, yeah. it's not, you're not, it becomes, like, less of a statistic. Yeah. And I say that because my dad had a melanoma right. uh, when I was a kid. Right. And I didn't realize how serious that was until I was literally in my mid-20s. Yeah, like, right. And the survival rate of melanoma, he had it on his head. Yeah, wow. Um, and he survived. Uh, and he's still alive. But I didn't realize how serious that was until, yeah, in my mid-20s. But now mm. I think about, like, just even the times of, you know, going out to cricket. And, I mean, you always wear a hat. I never went on the field without a hat. That's fucking amateur. Mm. Um, that's some English village shit. Yes. But, um, but yeah, like, I started wearing long sleeves in the field. That kind of stuff. Always had sunscreen all that kind mm. of gear. But, yeah, tanning oil is fucking – it's – it's funny in the sense that it's silly, mm. but once you have any sort of relation with anyone who's had like a, um, yeah, the horrible disease that is cancer, then it's like, ah, oh, nah, probably just going to put on some sunscreen, eh? That's not funny, but that was just my experience. <laughs> Sorry. Can I um, joke about it? <laughs> I was about to start laughing. No. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit what, weak, mate. Do you, do you remember the feeling of like at the end of a day's play and you've, you've lathered yourself in sunscreen, but it might have been like an overcast day, but a burny day, like yeah. a windy, hey, windy and worst. overcast, yeah. worst day, a few flies around, High UV. there's not a lot of sun. You know it's glary, but like you don't actually feel much sun other than to get off the field, have a tub, mm-hmm. and uh, and just – and be, as a, such a fair-skinned person, like mm-hmm. it was then when you'd actually – you could just feel whether your sun burned yep. or not. Yep. It's not so much looking at yourself in the mirror because sometimes you might have a red face because you've been running around a bit. You can't really tell. Yep. It's just the way the sun seeps into your body and you're like, yep. oh, fuck, I'm fucking yeah. burnt here. Like the sun is like absorbed exactly. into your skin. And you've put so much sunscreen. You go out yeah, yeah. circuit. Oh, yeah. you got a bit of sun today. Yeah, yeah play cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me another beer. <laughs> <laughs> different issue. <laughs> different issue. Very different issue. All right. Uh, thank you much as thank you very much as ever uh, for joining TJC. We'll be back next week, and you can find us almost every day this week on YouTube covering the IPL. We're doing Watto's Rap with Shane Watson. That's out on Thursday, the morning after IPLs. That'll be out three times a week, and also we're live streaming on Sunday evening. The, the big one that the Aussies will be looking forward to. What's that one, Pez? CSK versus KKR or some shit different to MKR, which is My Kitchen Rules. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>